I want to share, Hevra, there's a word in Parashas Miketz that we absolutely can't go into Hanukkah vacation not studying this word. It might be, if you're allowed to have a favorite word in the Torah, and, and you pro- I don't just think you're allowed to have a favorite, I think you're obligated to have a favorite word. Every single person, you ever sat in a base medrash, you could do like a base medrash stereotype, there are different people sitting in the base medrash. There's always that guy who has the highlighter, he has like that yellow marker that he like, when he sees something he likes, he highlights a certain guy. The guy with the highlighter always has tissues in his pockets. If you need tissues, he always has like, he has like a very thick front pocket. He also has like a white shirt with a pocket on the front. He has a few highlighters and they are tissues. The bottom line is, is we're all supposed to have highlighters. When we learn Torah, there's a lush and same chalkeinu b'sarasecha. Give us our chalak in Torah. All of us, Hashem's Torah is universal. Hashem's Torah, we all read the same Torah. But what resonates by you is different than what resonates by me. And each person has a chilek in Torah, has a part in Torah that's supposed to resonate by you. So on that sense, you're supposed to have favorite psuk and favorite words, the way it talks to you. And there's a word here that I want to share with you. Yosef HaTzadik's in the pit in Mitzrayim. And Para is told by the Sar Hamashkim that Yosef has the capacity to interpret dreams. And he asked Yosef at Sadik, he said, I heard about you by Yomer Pari al Yosef. He schleps him, he picks him up out of the pit, and he says, I heard about you, Vanishamati Yalechov. I heard about you, Lamar saying, Tishma Chaloim Lifter, I said. You hear dreams very well to interpret them. I saw Eitan love the Lushan. He doesn't say, I heard you know how to interpret dreams. I heard that, listen to this Lushan. It's a beautiful Lushan, man. Shamati I heard about you saying, Tishma Chaloim. You hear dreams well, lift or some to interpret them. The art of interpreting a dream is to be a good listener. That's what he says. I heard about you that you hear dreams very well to interpret them. The ability to hear and to comprehend and to really understand what you're hearing, that's what I heard about you, Yosef HaTzadik. So he said, I heard you have a talent. Vayan Yosef has paroi, lamer. So Yosef HaTzadik responds to paroi saying, and... Right now, his response, Rachman al-Tzlam, they were yidden by the Nazis, Yemachshimam, where the Nazis were killing yidden, but if a yid had certain talents, one yid knew how to sing, one yid knew how to make bombs, if he had certain talents, they'd keep the yid alive for that talent. So yidden would make up, they knew how to do something, and then they'd daven to Hashem, and they would try their best. Here, Yosef HaTzadik, life depends on that. I heard you're an interpreter of dreams. His instant response should be, yes, I can do it. Yeah, I know. If Paray said to him, I heard you could play basketball, I heard you could play soccer, we need a player for the national team, he should respond, yeah, I, I got it. Got it. I know how to do it. And then you pray to God that you know how to do it. And Yosef, under this duress of Paroi saying that I heard you not interpret dreams, Vayan Yosef es Paroi Lamer. Yosef HaTzadik responds, Bilodai, it's not me. Mm-mm. No. Bilodai. 
Biladai says Rashi, It's not from my wisdom. I'm not so smart. I heard you're so smart, you can interpret dreams. Biladai, it's not me. Rather, he says, rather, almost like a prayer, I hope Hashem will give the answer to me. I hope, tell me your dream, and I hope Hashem gives me, I hope, I hope Hashem gives me the capacity. It's one of the most amazing psukim hood in the Torah. Instead of any arrogance, I got it. Yosef HaTzadik says, God will, God, Biladai, it's not me. Elikim Yanesh Pare, God will be able to, I hope, Be'ezer Hashem, Hashem will give me the interpretation to your dream. It's so obvious, it's so obvious to me that here, why did Yosef HaTzadik do that? Say, yeah, now to do it. Your life depends on it. Hatzalus nefesh is pekuach nefesh. Every yid knows you're allowed to save your life. Pekuach nefesh. You're allowed to do a lot of haveris. And here, Yosef Hatzadik says, Biladai. It's not me. It's interesting that I heard an account from a yid, a yid who was in, who was in jail, in prison, in... Rav Yosef Mandelovich, his name was, in Russia. He was in prison for many years. And he said that as soon as he, he, would, he, would, he would take tremendous beatings and would go through a lot, he wasn't being mevatar on one minog he throw. On any minog, any halacha. And he wrote on himself that he felt as soon as he gives in on any halacha, he's a dead man. In the Russians who were fighting Yados, they were fighting Avodas Hashem, he felt if he gave in on any halacha, he's a dead man. It's interesting. We know you're not supposed to give up your life for other mitzvahs. Only the big three, but if the other people are trying to get you away from Hashem, then you give up your life even on a minog. Yosef Mendelovich, they didn't want to, he made his own yarmulke. They told him, you want to see your father? He said, yeah, I want to see my father. They said, take off your yarmulke. You could see his father was an old man. He said, I'm not taking off my yarmulke. They said, don't you want to see? He said, I want to see my father. I refuse to break one minute. Any minute mitzvah I can keep, I'm not breaking. They put his father in the room over and they had his father talk loudly. And he was craving. He hadn't seen his father in a decade. And his father was an old man. He didn't know if he'd ever see him again. And I hate to break it, he never saw him again. In Eilam Abba his father died while he was in prison. He never saw him again. And his father talked in the other room. They said, you want to see it? He was craving. His father was in the other room. A man didn't see anybody, a yid for a decade. His father's in the other room talking loudly. They said, you can go. Just hand us your yarmulke. Big deal. It's not a din. It's a minute. Hand your yarmulke and walk to see your father. He said, no, I won't take off my hand. He never saw us. Yosef Mendelovich lives in Eretz Yisrael. He never saw his father again. He refused to break a minute. He wrote, it sounds like wild. You have to remember, the, the, the Russians were trying to get us not to serve Hashem. If they're miscaven to get you not to serve Hashem, then you give up your life even for a minog. But I wrote, I, I read that Yosef Mendelovich wrote that he realized on his own that if he bent a little to their will of not serving Hashem, he was a finished man. And I tend to worry in a society, to wonder in a society like Mitzrayim, which is full of tumma, 
which is the opposite of sincere service of Hashem, full of people doing what they want, shtufei zima, full of zima, that Yosef was determined, I'm a person of God. It says, Shem Shamayim was shagar befiv. He was always talking about Hashem, Yosef. And pulled out of the pit, Yosef, whose commitment is to be a loyal yid. Yosef HaTzadik's story is such a perfect story for all of us to be aware of. A 17-year-old who the entire Egypt was enthralled with. It says he had a lot of chen Yosef HaTzadik and the, the girls, the psukim and the tyra, b'noi sada laishur. Girls were climbing up like, they were climbing up fences to see him. And they were throwing jewelry at him to get his attention, to draw this person who had so much chen, they wanted his attention. And Yosef HaTzadik stayed loyal to Hashem. He stayed loyal to the Beis Avram, to the teaching of his father, Yaakov Avinu. He didn't budge. His commitment to sincerity, no matter what. And he's pulled out of the pit. Every instinct, Parry said, do not interpret dreams. It would literally fly out of my mouth. Yes, I got it, I got it. And what does he answer, Biladai? No, Biladai, it's not me. I'm just, Don't think I have powers and talents. Eleikim. Let Hashem, I hope Hashem answers the commitment to be the loyalist to Hashem. The one who's aware that what we have is from Hashem. Of course, Parai then tells Yosef HaTzadik his dream. And Yosef interprets the dream. I told some of the guys before, I want to share with you because I think it's brilliant. I told the guys before, let's chazir Parai's dream and Yosef interprets Yosef HaTzadik's interpretation. There's a brilliant pshat that I saw from the Bar Yosef that I want to share with you, Eitan. Yossi, listen to this pshat. Parai has two dreams. Parai has two dreams, Yossi. In his first dream, he sees seven Sheva Parais, Yufais Mara, good-looking cows, Briais Basar, they were Zaftig. In Yiddish, Zaftig means heavy. Shmak. They were meaty. They were Briais Basar, good and healthy. They were very, very healthy. We live in a freaky country. In America, if somebody's embarrassing and skinny, we think, whoa, that's so good-looking. In any healthy society, good-looking means you're, you have Geshmak. You look rich and wealthy. It means that you, you don't look emaciated. That's like a sickly look. My Oma, if you gained weight, my grandma, she said, oh, you're looking good. You, you look like a rich person. You don't look like you're a beggar and honey. But anyway, so it says there were seven good-looking cows, Ubriya is Basar, and they were very, they were healthy. They were by the swamp. Seven other cows come up from the Ya'ar, Rois Mara, very bad appearance. Vidako is Basar, very skinny. And they swallow up. The weak cows eat up the stronger cows. Vayikats Pare, and Pare wakes up. That was dream number one. So dream number one is seven good-looking fat cows and seven sickly, weak-looking cows come up and they eat up the good-looking cows. Vayikats Pare, Pare wakes up. Vayishan, he goes back to sleep. Vayachalim Shemus, he has a second dream. In his second dream, there's seven healthy-looking stalks. And then there's seven very frail and meek stalks. And the achi stalks eat up the good stalks. Vayikatz Paroi, Paroi wakes up. Vihine Chaloim. And behold, it was a dream.
Those are the two dreams. Yosef HaTzadik interprets that there was seven, going to be seven good years. That's the healthy cows. That's the healthy stalks. And then they're going to be swallowed up by seven bad years. Hunger and famine. That's what Yosef interprets. Then Yosef HaTzadik gives advice to Parai. Va'ata, he gives advice. Yere Parai. Parai should appoint Ish Navam V'chacham. A smart and discerning man, make him in charge of Egypt. The word of the day is recuse. Yassi, what does recuse mean? Chever, what does recuse mean? What? Chever, what does it mean to recuse? R E C U S E. To recuse is what we call when a judge takes himself off a case. If a judge feels a certain bias or a, or a politician, so it's called to recuse yourself is to take yourself off the case. And Yosef HaTzadik tells Paroi to recuse himself from Egypt. When Paroi is the runner of Egypt, remove yourself. Let somebody else run Egypt. Now, Yehuda, you heard this, Per Yosef? I told you before, Per Yosef? To recuse yourself from running Mitzvah, to tell Parai advice like this could get you the death sentence, could get Yosef killed. Yosef said, well, I think, Parai, you should stop being leader, at least remove yourself, recuse yourself from running Mitzrayim, and appoint somebody else. You don't tell Parai that. And Parai asked him to interpret the dream, not to give advice. So, Avi, I want to tell you a brilliant shot from the Be'er Yosef. Listen to this pshat from the Be'er Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Salant. Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Salant says pshat like this, Chevra. He says, listen to this Kashi Yaakov. In the dreams, Paru has dream one, and it says, Vayikatz Paru, he wakes up. Then Vayishan, he goes to sleep. Vayachlem Shen, he says a second dream. After the second dream, Vayikatz Paru, he wakes up. Vihinei Chaloim, and behold, it was a dream. Said he dreamt. Vihine and behold, it was a dream. No, before Yosef. Long to do with Yosef. Parai has, has, has a dream, wakes up. He sleeps again, has another dream, wakes up. And behold, it was a dream. Those words, Vihine Chaloim, are totally extra. What? Second dream. Right, but it said he dreamt again. It says Vayik. But it says Vayikat's part said that he woke up. He had a second dream. Then after the second dream, he says Vihine Chaloim. The Ber Yosef brilliantly says he chapped. He was dreaming the whole time. He never really woke up. The Ber the Ber Yosef says Vihine Chaloim. Behold, it was a dream. The whole thing was a dream. He never woke up. It's not true. When it says he woke up and went back to sleep, that was all part of his dream. He dreamt that he woke up, and then dreamt he fell asleep. Now listen to the, listen to the interpretation of Yosef HaTzadik. So he sleeps, wakes up in his dream, falls asleep in his dream, has the second dream, and then wakes up. Behold, it all was a dream. He never really had woken up. Now what's Pshat, says Yosef HaTzadik, what's Pshat you dreamt that you woke up and went back to sleep? The waking up and going back to sleep is the, is the interpretation, is remove yourself. 
recuse yourself from running Mitzrayim. In your dream, you woke up and went to sleep. Going to sleep is a mashmais that you're out of the picture. You're sleeping. So he dreamt that he fell asleep because the interpretation is appoint somebody else to run Mitzrayim. You're supposed to go to sleep. That was the interpretation of the dream. Find somebody else to run Mitzrayim. What do you hold of this pshat, Yassel? Brilliant shot. The Ber Yosef says this pshat. What's the, what's the Why meaning? Did wake up? What? What's the meaning of, of him realizing it was a dream going to sleep? The pshat is that you're supposed to get into a dream state. You're supposed to take yourself out of the picture. The, the, the falling asleep in your dream is the pshat. You're supposed to remove yourself. Falling asleep is detachment. So the, clearly during these years of plenty, you're supposed to be sleeping. What does that mean? Somebody else should be running the train. Remove yourself. That's the, that's how amazing there is. Why? Yes, sir. What? Why? I'm saying why? Like that's the prophecy, your dream. This is the interpretation of your dream. Clearly, you're not the one to run Mitzrayim during the years of plenty. Get somebody else. Is Amparo's not like curious? Why does why am my subconsciousness? Why is my dream telling me I should recuse? Like, Maisha's asking, like, what's the pshat? Why was somebody else supposed to do it? I once heard from Reb Shmuel Birnbaum, I once heard from Reb Shmuel Birnbaum the following thing, and I've seen this in my life. I've seen this in my life. You know, often owners of businesses, or there are two types of people in America. There are people who have a lot of money in the bank, and your paycheck is geschmack. It's like totally extra. The monthly things you make, what percentage of America you think lives like that? Or what percentage of America survives paycheck to paycheck? What do you think, guys? What percent survive their paycheck? They take it, buy food, pay bills, then they run out of money, they wait for the next paycheck. Get the paycheck, buy, and then there's a certain percent that the paycheck's geschmack, but they, they, they have money in the bank. What percentage is what, what? What do you think? What? It's crazy. The number's about 90%. 90% with paycheck. I don't remember the exact number. It's way up there like that. You think not that way? An overwhelming percentage with paycheck to paycheck. Now, most people who own businesses are wealthy. I shouldn't say most, many are wealthy. You know what happens when you pay your workers? To the owner, the check is like a luxury. Okay, you know, $10,000, $15,000, it's luxury. To the worker, he's like waiting to feed his family. It's always very dangerous if you're not in the same position as the guy you're treating as the guy you're responsible for. Rav Shmuel Birnbaum said a friend of his, he said the name of his friend was in Siberia, and he described long lines, he described long lines, and he describes how the people were starving, and often the guards were taken care of. And if the guards were taken care of, they were so unsympathetic to the starving people. They didn't, there was no Nesias oil. I don't, I don't empathize with you. So Reb Shmuel Birnbaum said that Hashem wanted Yosef HaTzadik who had sat in a pit all those years in Mitzrayim, he would have more empathy for the Egyptians. They were waiting on long food lines during the years of starvation. It's not a good idea that the emperor should run things then.
What do you know from starvation? I thought, I thought, I thought Par was saying that Yosef should rule while the years of luxury, like the years of but, luxury. But in order that he should, he should save money and to be able to take care coming. of them during the years of, of hunger. But it's much better that somebody who has empathy for the, for the people, it's, it's much, much better that person's running Mitzrayim in order to sustain people in the years of starvation. So it doesn't say the reason, but this is perhaps the reason is Yosef would have more empathy. Whatever reason, the dream seems to suggest remove yourself from, from running Mitzrayim. But it doesn't mean Yosef will be. No, it doesn't say no. It doesn't say at all Yosef. Yosef Atzadik never in his dream interprets, interprets that he should be running it. He says get somebody to run Mitzrayim. When you tell an emperor to get someone else, he's going to pick the emperor. Command the nobles. Yeah, the emperor's a chiddush. Paroi was so amazed from Yosef at Sadik. He said, "I want you." By Yom Yisrael, Yosef a shocker. Yosef never said, "Pick me." Yosef said, "Put a nub." Yes, Mish. Um, there's like a thing that people always tell us tonight that like Paroi already had like a dream after these dreams, explaining the whole thing that he already knew like interpretation too, like wasn't sure for sure. So then, like he asked Yosef, he goes to the exact same thing that he dreamed. Exact interpretation, that's why he's a very impressive. It's very good, Mesh. That Pshat Mesh is saying, like, answers the question how does Pare know he's right? How did Pare know Yosef's right? Yosef says an interpretation. Who said it's going to happen? There's a Lushan of Chazal Mesh, Nikarim Divrayemes. Truth is recognizable. And Pasha Pshat is Pare. It does say Pshatim, like you're saying. The simple Pshat. Is Pare recognize the truth? We have a system inside of us that when somebody tells us the truth, it just sounds familiar. We have this inner capacity to recognize truth. What do you say? Nikarim. Nikarim. Ni with a nun. Nikarim divriyemis. Words of truth are recognizable, and Pare discerns. Pare hears the words, the truth, and it's recognizable. Now, before, before we go a little on, I want to chazer a Rashi. I like learning with the guys yearly. Why do the good-looking cows, Naftali, represent good-looking years? Why is that? Seven good-looking cows, and Pare interprets if they're good-looking cows, it's good-looking, it's good years. Why is that? So you could have just said good-looking cows. I don't know if they're good-looking, good years. Rashi says something amazing. What? That's the fat. It says two things about them. It says good looking and fat. On the fat, I agree with Daniel. The fact they were Briyai's buster, they were fat, so that's a sign of good years because there's looking. plenty. But what's the good looking? Maybe that's why they're good looking. You're fat cows. So, so Mike says people's looks get impacted if it's years of starvation. Well, I mean, we're talking about a cow. You don't have like a handsome cow. Good. That bothers me for years. My good looking cow is a fat cow. Bother me for years. The Torah says they were good looking cows and fat cows. For years, my shan bother that cow. I would assume that What's a good looking cow? A fat cow. So it doesn't say it's two things. Hashem says Yufais Mara, good looking and Briah's bus. No, it doesn't say because. It says two things, yeah. Yufais Mara, they look good, or Briah's bus. I have a shtickle on that, but it's it's a good cash. What does it mean, good looking cow? 
You always tell that guy, like, your dog is good looking, and you never really mean it, but it's like the polite thing to say. Very nice looking dog as you, like, back away. I think it looks cow like. Anyway, so I want to read Rashi, Daniel. Could you read it that it's because or not? I don't think so. I need to say, just say it's Briyas Basar. You face smart if something's very cow like, that's a good look for a cow. It's cow like. If you look, it's a good looking cow if it looks very cow like. But anyway, <laughs> Quite the cow. Yeah, you could tell. <laughs> it says, you, so listen what Rashi says, Maish. Says Rashi, you face Mara. What does it mean? It's good looking. Simen huli me'asayva. It's a sign to years of plenty. People look good to each other. If the cow looks good to you, para, it's obviously good years. Because if you're not happy, nobody else looks good. If you're not happy, people don't look good. You know the secret to having an eye in toy? We all want to be Avram Avinu like. Have good eyes. You have to be happy with yourself. Acceptance, self-acceptance. When you're not happy, people look bad. I promise you on days that I'm walking around and I see this guy's I say, Daniel, what aren't you happy with yourself? You call yourself out. Call yourself out like a beast, Levra. Call it out. This one looks so... If your roommates look bad, ask yourself, what are you bothered by on yourself? What aren't you happy with here? Because when you're not happy here, there's a Rashi says. Let's read that Rashi, incredible Rashi. Rashi says, It's a sign to years of, of plenty. People look good one to the other. A person doesn't have a tzarayim, doesn't have a bad eye because they're just happy. When you're at Sufridin, when you're happy with yourself, everybody looks great. When a guy is, is happy with himself, other people look great. When a guy is like very not happy with self, and I've noticed in my life, I've seen, I, 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 I've seen this, a guy's steiging, a guy starts steiging, I've seen people after they steig, start like saying, I don't want to be in yeshiva, this guy, he does that, he does that. And I've seen another guy steiging and he's just happy with other people. When you're secure in your own success, and then the other person struggles, doesn't bother me. He's a good person, say there. <laughs> but if you're insecure in your own success, so then all of a sudden you start seeing very, very bad things in other people. The key to have ayin taif, to have a good eye, is samech b'chelpe, is a profound satisfaction with your own situation and your own self. When a person's in a yamei saiva, in years of plenty, people look good to each other. Yana looks wonderful. It's a Gemara Kedushin. The Gemara Kedushin says, Whoever knocks others, you just knock as your own mum. When, you your, when you're very attuned to your own mum, so then you look at other, to your own deficiencies, so then people look very deficient to you. If you feel good and you're focused on all the positives and what's going on, people look wonderful. So that's what amazing, amazing Rashi. The Rashi says why good-looking cows show good years because they would only look at the other cows if you yourself were satisfied.
Rashi says that? Yes. Isn't that amazing, Rashi? Where, where, where? Yeah. You're saying, you're saying that a, when a person, is, like a mom, does it mean a mom like a, a womb, like a cow? It says if you have a floor called a paisal, whoever passes others, bimumay paisal, you tend to see what's deficient in you. If you know about a robber, a robber suspects that everybody's stealing from him. That's how it is. He's like suspicious for. It's like takes one to know one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tends, that's also called projection, like you, you tend to see that in others. You project your own thing on other people. That's how it is. If there's something in here you're not happy, you like, I've seen people angry at other people for things they're just upset about themselves for. That's called projection. Something that in here you're not happy. You just you yell at him. You're yelling at yourself for that. For the same thing, or like if a guy let's say is same struggling for the with, same for the same. But it's not necessarily. Can I, can necessarily, I give an example? I'm bothered for many years. I have a shot in this, but I'll, I want to share the question. This two psukim naftali that, that troubled me a lot. The brothers are faced. Yosef Atzadik becomes the commander. For all intents, he's the second in command to, to Mitzrayim. What does the, vi, the word viceroy mean? Can you look up the word viceroy? Am I saying the word right even? Yeah. Viceroy? Viceroy. Is that second in command? Is that a viceroy? It's what they call the position of. It's like V I C E. was the viceroy. <coughs> Oh. Momo, you have it? An official who runs a holiday in the name of the and as a representative of the monarchy. Ah, ah. A viceroy runs something in the name of the monarchy. So he like represents. He's like a shliach of the king. He's a shliach of the king to run things. So Yosef is running Mitzrayim on behalf of Parai. Now the brothers, unbeknownst to them, it's Yosef. <coughs> and Yaakov Avinu sends the brothers to Mitzrayim to get food. And the short of it is, Yosef HaTzadik says to them that you got to go back. I'm locking up one of your brothers in jail, and the only way I'll let him out is come back with your other brother. Otherwise, I think you're spies, he tells them. They told him a whole story about the elderly father. He's back in Eretz Canaan with our young brother, Benjamin. And Yosef HaTzadik, dressed up as the second in command of Mitzrayim, says you got to come back with Benjamin. Now the brothers are now faced with this terrible gzerah. So they introspect. They do tshuva. They think about their lives, what a year does when they face tzaros. And they say, we're guilty. They do tshuva. We are guilty. On our brother, that we saw tzaros nashay. We saw his pain when he cried out to us, and we didn't listen, that's why we're facing this sorrow. It's our fault. And they do tshuva. The brothers do tshuva. We're guilty. This is where we learn vidui from, confession. It's a mitzvah d'araisa v'svades chatosim, but the nosach of vidui, aval anachnu chatanu. The brothers say aval hashem anachnu, but we are but we are guilty. I spoke in Elul about that word aval. The word aval doesn't seem to to belong. Rather, we're we're guilty. The word aval does not seem to make sense. But we are. What's but? 
if you say I could have said an excuse, then you can say I could have said an excuse. Avo, but in truth, nonetheless, we're guilty. They didn't say an excuse. See, when we say vidui, we say that I'm not going to be brazen or stubborn to say I'm innocent. Avo, rather, anach ratana, we're guilty. The brothers don't offer an excuse. The brothers say one to another, so they should say, the word avo, rather we're guilty, as opposed to what? But I explained in Ella's, you never have to say your excuse. If you did it, you're obviously built to do it. You obviously have a nature to do it. You never have to say your excuse. If you do it, clearly your nature was to do it. Avo means there's a world that a person could go higher than his nature. Avo, in truth, we're capable. I told the guys then that I want to name the yeshiva Avo. Yeshiva Savo. Avo is a world of higher reality, of supernatural. It's a world of supernatural. We're sitting here on Hanukkah talking about Nisim. And Nisim is the world-run supernatural. And you know, the Beis HaLevi writes that if people go above their nature, there's Zeichet to Nisim that are supernatural. The Hashmenayu Banav went above their nature. It's unnatural to fight an army for 13 people. Say, hey, roll up your sleeve, let's battle an army. But they were mice and efesh. They, they went above their natures. And there's Zeichet and Nisim. That's how you get Nisim. When you go above your nature, you're Zeichet of miracles. And avol means that I'm capable of being supernatural. I know I sinned. I know by nature. I know my story. Everybody has reasons why they do something. Avol. Avol. Whenever you see people messing around, it's silly not to understand that the reasons, the guy does what he does. When you know somebody well, there are always reasons. There's always an understanding. The goal, I always tell Rebbeim here, understand, but then demand. The goal is to understand. There's a reason a guy's behaving the way he's behaving. Haraya is behaving that way. Avol. Avol is a world of supernatural. Avol, the uncle says bekoshta in truth. The brothers say, we know why we did what we did. Avol. But rather, in truth, we're capable of living stronger and higher. Hashem and Akhma guilty. Now, my question I want to ask you, then it, it bothers me a lot, is Ruvain's response. Vayan Ruvain Oysam Lema. Ruvain responds to the brothers. They say we're guilty. We shouldn't have done it. And Ruvain responds, Did I not tell you? Lema saying, I'll I told you not to do it. You didn't listen. Did I not tell you not to do it? Did I not tell you not to do it? Now, it bothers me, Ruvain. Don't be that guy. Ruvain is like that guy. You know? The brothers are admitting, he's, did I not tell you? <laughs> yeah, the brothers are crying and saying, Hatzalah called me one Purim. There was one of our guys being loaded onto an ambulance. And Hatzalah called me to get the father to back off. He was like screaming at his kid. I told you not to drink. Now, imagine your kid. Imagine your kid one day, you tell him, don't, don't stay away from the class bully. I'm telling you, don't go near him. And your kid like Chepper's the class bully and the class bully beats him up. And he's lying bloodied on the floor. Do you go up to your kid and you say, I told you not. You're such a fool if you do that. 
Your kid's bloody, just give him a hug. While your kid is bloody, it's not like the very appropriate time to say, I told you. <laughs> What's Pshat and Ruvain? The brothers admitted their sin. The brothers said, Hashem manach, that we're guilty. He cried out, we didn't listen. That's why we're going. Vayan Ruvain did I not tell you? What's moving like rubbing salt on the wounds? I told you not to do <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we're admitting we were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. Would there ever be an appropriate time to say it? I'm saying maybe like, you could say, I'm saying maybe it was a couple of days later. It sounds like right then. Vayan, he answered. Really, that's that Vayan, he answered. This is reply. I told you not to do Isn't that when they'll hear you know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. If you have like, a, if you have an argument with your wife, today there's ways, it's all moot. Argument. One of you says to go one way, should we take the merit or should we take the 684? So your wife says, I want to take the merit. So you do the merit and you say the 684, but you're a tzaddik, you go your wife's way. And then you're sitting in heavy traffic. You better not smirk. Don't say what. <laughs> you don't start saying, well, I said that. So you just mm-hmm. play the nice song and be quiet. Ruvain to respond, I told you. What, what's he saying? The brothers just admitted their guilt. It's a tell-up. The brothers said we're guilty. He cried out. What's Ruvain saying? Did I not tell you not to do it? It could be they're arguing a different thing. The brothers say that our Aveir is not what we did to him. Dave. The brothers say, We didn't think about his pain. What we did wasn't wrong, but we should have been more sensitive to his pain. On that, Ruvain responds, I told you not to do it. I disagree. You're saying your truth is we should have been more attentive to his pain. I'm saying the very pool is wrong. I told you not to do it all together. Not, they were having a, a shock of a tire. They said, we're wrong. We should have been more sensitive to his pain. We didn't listen to his cries. And then Ruben says, I told you so. And says, I'm not, you're saying that your action wasn't wrong. We should have been more sensitive to his cry. I want to tell you, you should have done what you did. I told you, don't do it. He's saying what their head is. They're handling the head. So the brothers say, our head is, he cried, we should have been listening. You're not saying the whole story. Remember, I told you not to do it. You didn't listen to me. You're being... My, you're being punished for the for the etz and pula because I told you. Now I want to ask you a question. The brothers didn't listen to Ruvain. It was a din tyra. They were the rabbin. They were the rabbin chevra. Ruvain says, "Did I not tell you not to do it?" The way Shamatim, you don't listen. It was a bezdin. You're not supposed to listen. Listen to the back and forth. The brothers say our Averis, what we did, we had a Bezdin, we passed in Yosef's Chayim Misa. We should have listened to his cries. We should have been a little more sensitive. Not out Bezdin. Besides from Bezdin, we're his brothers. We should have been more nice, say, well, nothing to do with Bezdin. Ruvain says, I disagree with you. 
You say that your psak was right. I don't agree with your psak because you didn't listen to me. What do you mean to listen to me? He's a yachid. He's an individual. Rabbin v'yachid halacha ke rabbin. So I heard a Yerushalmi from the Munsi Eloi, from Rabbi Tzal Radinsky. He said the following Yerushalmi Yaakov, and I want to talk about it on Hanukkah. It's interesting. Hanukkah is the Yeshua of Rabbin Bad Ma'atim. The mass has fallen in the hands of the individual. So I want to tell you a Chiddush about Ma'atim. Ruvain says, you brothers, Sadiqim, are saying your Einishes, you have a Psak Bezdin. So the Psak killing him wasn't the problem. But you should have been more sensitive to his pain. I say your problem is you killed him. Now, why? Because he didn't listen to me. What do you mean? They're the Rabbi Mayor. The answer, Mayor, is Yachid the Rabbi Malachik is on one condition if you listen to the Yachid. You got to hear out the Yachid. Right, Radinsky said it to Yerushalmi by the Tanner that Rebeliezer said, Rebeliezer argued on the Rabbim. The question is, why was he arguing on the Rabbim? Yachid v'Rabbim, Allah Rabbim. And the answer is, you have to learn to pay attention to the Yachid. We paskin like the Rabbim, but don't tune out the Yachid. The Yachid's entitled to say something also. And Ruvain said that Chevra, I told you not to kill Vloy Shamatem doesn't mean you didn't paskin like me. You didn't paskin, I'm outruled. You weren't listening. I don't hold you to be a rabbi. You punished what you did. You didn't listen to the yachin. And I think this is a huge, huge point. There's nothing wrong with holding like the rabbin. We live in something called the cancel culture. If we di- disagree with somebody, we just run over people. Very, very dangerous way of being. People are entitled to be a yachid. I remember in my class, we would talk and learn. I have a friend I learned with for six years. I consider him a chavra and a rebbe. I'm a Talmud chavra. We learned six years. Perhaps the best chavrus I ever had. And he was a guy. He was very, he, he held of things powerfully like this postal. And the whole class in learning could hold one way. He held a different way. He'd fight the whole class. But I remember he brought out, was he always right? No. But he brought out so much chachma because he brought his opinion. If you know anything about Hanukkah, a lot of Hanukkah is about Torah Peh. Is Torah Peh, is a yantav of Torah Peh. Torah Peh, this shas is full of machleks, it's full of debates. And often the Gemara always brings opinions we don't even paschalike. Yehuda brilliantly yesterday spoke about Shita Beishamai. We learned so much from the Manda Amar you don't paskin like. We learn a lot from the one you don't paskin like. In general, learning not to cancel other people who hold different than you. It doesn't mean you have a Shita and you're allowed to proudly go with your Shita. Don't eliminate. Learn to value, learn to respect the other Shita. Ruvain, I believe, was saying to the brothers that you held that your psak is valid. I disagree because I spoke up, you didn't listen to me. Now he's not saying you didn't pass to like me, you're a rabbin, but I don't think you paid attention to me. I didn't detect that you were gayrus, what I wanted to bring to the discussion. You're responsible for the murder. And I want to say, Rabbi Sai, to learn in all of our life to pay attention, to give credence to people's opinion. 
I want to have Beis Hashem after Hanukkah. I want to make a tremendous, tremendous push for Tereshimalpeh. I want more Gemara learning to go on in our base Medrash. We're going to be better first, say, the second, say, the more Gemara learning, which is so important. A huge part of Gemara of Tereshimalpeh is value in different people's opinion. Giving a guy a voice and that discussion. If you know anything about a chavrusa, very unsophisticated people think this is the funniest thing that people think Gemara learning is. You know, I don't want to figure out this Gemara myself, so I have a partner together, let's figure out the Gemara. <laughs> like, let's, well, it's, it's a much deeper, it's not like trying to understand what the words mean between me and you. No, no. Let's say somebody teaches that to us. Let's say we both get it. We both read it. Two chavrusas sit there because I am going to see Gemara different than you're going to see it. And it's to have a sophisticated discussion of my perspective and your perspective. Let's each get pshat. Fine. Have you get pshat. Let's get pshat. Now let's each digest information. I'm going to have my way of seeing it. You're going to have your way of seeing it. Let's talk. And that sophisticated conversation is It requires appreciating the other guy's right to an opinion. Different than yours. And fight him like a beast. Fight him. Say your opinion. But value that he has a right to opinion. That discussion produces Tereshavalpeh. It right there is Tereshavalpeh. I want to get to our mitzvah of lighting their Hanukkah. I do want to make a chizuk. Be'ez Hashem. I want to make a chizuk of more learning of Tereshavalpeh. This point of valuing each person's svara is a huge part of Tereshavalpeh, how Tereshavalpeh works. Having your own svara, having your own svara that you stand by and you, you work hard and understand it and have your way of looking at it, Yechavrusa's way, and then merging the two is a big part of Tereshavalpeh. I think that's what Ruvain was saying. Ruvain was saying to his brothers that I said my opinion, I know you're the rabbin, I don't think you took me, took me seriously. And I bezo, your psaq falls into question. Let's go do our mitzvah there. Hanukkah, Let's get right to the mitzvah. Let's get right to the mitzvah. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you. Let's go, let's go.